everybody. Welcome to the Wednesday, December 26th edition of Between the Horns. Miles Simmons here with DeMarco Farr. It is about 10 a.m. Pacific time. We are here in the City of Angels. We are actually in the ESPN LA studios. Not bad, huh? Yeah. Yeah, pretty cool. Can you believe they let me in here? Yeah, of course. You should have been here a long time ago. I told you, we're going to take this show on the road. Yeah. We're, we're going to be at a sports bar someday. I would love that. Doing Between the Horns. That yeah. would be awesome. Honestly, it's a great idea for pre-draft. Good. All all beers on miles. Yes. Let's let's <laughs> let's have somebody uh, do that. But we are now here. The Rams are 12-3. and three. First time to 12 wins in a long time. And they did that after beating the Arizona Cardinals 31-9 on Sunday. Throttled, uh, Throttled. Beat the daylights out of. Um, abs- ended their misery. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how do you put it? I mean, look, that's a bad Arizona Cardinals team. You it know is. that. Yes, I yeah, do. It was the exact right opponent for the Rams, in my opinion. It was a get-right game. If yes. there ever was a get-right game, that was it. And yes. It's because the Cardinals, as you said, they're bad. They're reeling. They could make wholesale changes after one year of having that coaching staff. And I think that would be fair. If you go back to how they looked the first time the Rams matched up here in L.A., yeah. where like the, the offensive game plan wasn't even close to being anywhere reasonable to, to beating anybody. Oh, yeah. Starting from that point to what you just saw, absolutely. I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if they cleaned house. Well, look, they have since fired Mike McCoy. They promoted Byron Leftwich. They got rid of Sam Bradford. Now Josh Rosen is in there. And you can just tell, really, their best offensive play was Josh Rosen running for his life. Yeah, right. Absolutely. He's, all you know, day. He's going to be a problem. He's pretty good. Yeah, I like him. I, I think he's quite good. And yeah. I think that he throws a good ball. I think that once he gets somebody that can help him help him make the decisions right. and scheme things that are going to actually beat teams, then yeah, you're going to see him take steps forward as a pro. Same kind of thing people said about Jared Goff after that 2016 season. No doubt. If he could take the beating, take the punishment, it's only going to make him better. Um, I like the Larry Fitzgerald, the fitness thing, fit, fitness fitness. thing they did. The 12 fitness. days of Christmas when yeah. they did all his best plays, because clearly they were setting up for the retirement. Yes, they This were. might be the last time they see him in a Cardinals uniform at home. How about the brand synergy of them playing that in stadium and then Larry Fitzgerald throwing the touchdown pass? That's the only thing, the only highlight he didn't have was Fitz throwing a touchdown pass, and on the very next play he did it. Yeah. That was incredible. That was pretty cool. That was really, really cool. But, I mean, that was, like you said, that was pretty much their day. I mean, they had to trick the Rams to beat him. Yes, and they had to do that with that particular play. They did it with the fake punt. The only time that the, the Cardinals could really get anything going against the Rams was when they were like, all right, we're going to we're gonna do something special. Right. And that's kind of been the theme kind of lately, I mean, at least since the bye week, you know. You had two weeks in a row where offensive linemen are catching passes, and that's how teams are scoring against you. And so I feel like at this point the defense is getting a little bit more sound. You have the Rams offense that needed the tune-up, that got that. And at this point, you're in pretty good shape heading into San Fran- the, the San Francisco week right. so that you can then get in even better shape. Once you win that, you clinch the bye, and then you're really moving on to the postseason. Yeah, you, you get to work on fundamentals. You get to work on stopping the run defensively. You get to work on your coverage, your responsibilities, dropping to the right area, where you're not facing, say, one of the elite quarterbacks in the National Football League where any little mistake can cost you big, either right. a first down or a touchdown. So it's a little bit easier to play defense against these football teams, but this will only help you. I, I, I love good sparring partners. I love scrimmage games before you have to get into something serious. Really, I mean, that, and that's and that's what that was like on on game day. Yeah. It was like a, a glorified scrimmage. I mean, they couldn't beat you if you let them. If, and that's why I mean, you had both teams putting in reserves in midway yeah. through the fourth quarter. Absolutely, I mean, that that long drive that the Rams had it went ninety five yards in four plays because you get the C J Anderson long run up the middle, and then you get the long pass from Goff to Woods that goes thirty nine yards. A couple plays later, and boom, you're in the end zone, and that was the last play basically for the first team Rams offense. Right, and it should have been. I mean, good. We talked a lot about, and I watched. You were out there with me watching Todd Gurley warm up. Yeah, you could probably tell he wasn't going to play. Well, actually, I was. So I was in the press box. Oh, you were in the press happened. box for that. Okay, I was yes. down on the field watching, yeah. and you could probably tell he's not going to go. I was looking at it through binoculars, and it was it, the thing that I think said the most about it was how they all huddled up. Yeah. After he was done, and they were huddled talking for a very long time, and so from my spot where I was looking at it through my binoculars, or whatever, I couldn't quite tell what the conversation was. But at that point, when you're having that long of a discussion and you don't see a thumbs up or like a high five, handshake, anything, then you're starting to think. Uh, I yeah. don't know. I got nothing from him. He looked like the same guy warming up. 
Like, right. like he was ready to go. But, I mean, you could probably tell, eh, I mean, he, he's got a little hitch in the giddy-up. When he was walking. When yes. he was walking. Now, if you could, you'd rest him. Thank God you can. Mm-hmm. Thank God you have the ability to rest a guy like Todd Gurley going into the postseason. Hopefully... You can rest him again going into this week against the 49ers. Yes, if yeah, he needs it. I still think you can beat them without Todd Gurley. You would like to think that you'd be able to, and part of the reason that you were able to was C.J. Anderson and the huge game that he had. Bowling ball. Oh, my God. The the first thing I thought when I saw him was, wow, you look like a little cannonball, a little bowling ball. Mm-hmm. And he turned out to be a rolling ball of butcher knives. He was tough to bring down. <laughs> Yeah, he was hard to bring down. I you mean, that's exactly used, what you want. You just used the Sam Rogers nickname on C.J. Anderson. Yes, he is. I mean, <laughs> my goodness. I felt so bad for the Cardinals' safeties. I mean, because, look, there were gaping holes up front. There were. And he was punishing them every yes. single time he went down the field. You, every single time. Every carry. Uh, you don't see Bethay. I mean, a an all-pro safety. You don't see him missing tackles a lot. No. And, I mean, look, I, I don't want to get into a guy's helmet, but it seemed like they turned it down a few times. Like, I am sick of hitting this guy. <laughs> if you're not going to stop him up front, then I'm not going to stop him back here. Well, I think that might have happened on that 46-yard run. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. And it was it was the second half. It's early in the fourth quarter. You're already down a lot. Offense is listless. You know, you're, you're probably at that point, you're human, right? Right. Circumstances, you, you start thinking about them in your, in your head. Yes. You're not— as a former player, I'm absolutely asking. yes. Uh, look, at the end of the year of a a bad season on a bad football team, especially on defense, and they keep running the ball at you. If this guy keeps breaking loose into the second level, well, obviously you're not giving it up for me. So why should I do the same? Really, especially this guy. Look, he's off the street. He's trying to make a, a name for himself. He's got the opportunity of a lifetime. You just joined a playoff team, and they're going to give you carries. Yes. He is running hell bent for leather. If you're not going to help me up front, I'm not going to help you in the back end. He ended up getting 20 carries, 167 yards, one touchdown. That is extremely impressive to me. Yeah. I just I I don't think it's something that you could have ever expected from CJ Anderson. And I thought that the Rams would start CJ Anderson. They'd give him some carries, but I figured that he would be sort of a bit player in the overall, okay, this is what the Rams are doing in this game. You know, right. I thought that it would be Jared Goff has to pass his way out of his struggles. Right. And then that is how you would win. I think that happened, though. I do, too. I think that happened, but as a benefit of the run game, because I I was not surprised that Sean McVay, I think his first couple of calls were run calls. Mm -hmm. He ran the football against Arizona. Well, that's exactly what you should do against them. Yes, they have a very bad run defense. They can't stop the run. The one thing they do well on defense is get after the passer. Right. So if I can run to soften them up, then so be it. I mean, who knew that... You know, you'd have a C.J. Anderson ripping off long runs per carry. Who knew that was going to happen? But I'm glad you started the game running the football. Well, right, and I think that what did he average on the ground? He averaged 8.4 yards per carry. I would have said half that going into the game, and that would have been great. Yeah, it would have. Yeah, I mean that speaks to how good of a running back he is, how well the offensive line blocked, and how bad Arizona is stopping the run. Well, right. I mean, again, he had the 46-yard run. That was his longest run of the day. It was also his last run of the day. But then you also had that 27-yard run that set up a touchdown earlier on in the game. So it's not, and in most of those carries, he was ripping off yeah. for decent yardage. So it's not like it was just this boom, one run, and that's it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you, you take away the 46-yard run, and that's still 19 carries for over a Hundred yards. That's still a butt whooping. Yes, it is. <laughs> That's still a butt whooping on offense. Right. Absolutely, especially from a guy that just came off the street. See, what we need to do is watch this on video so we could time his first ten yards on that long run. Yeah, and then time the last ten, yeah. <laughs> and see when that gorilla jumped on his back. Yeah, you know what also was funny about the run game? Just also a the fact that they got John Kelly integrated, and I think John Kelly made a huge step this oh. week. Look like a different guy. Oh, completely different yeah, guy. Different guy. I think you know what? I'd have to ask him this um, for sure, and I don't because I don't want to like to speak for guys. But it seemed to me like that was the Philly game was a wake up call. Well, I tried to give him a pass to anyone that would listen. Remember that is a Super Bowl championship defense. I know that he's facing, and he's coming in 
to be the guy after Todd goes out. That's that's a tough ask of anybody. It's an extremely tough ask, and he's very green. Yeah, yeah, very, very green. So that's what you're dealing with as somebody who's a sixth-round pick. But to go back in the lab and credit Skip Pete, running backs coach, for this as well, You know, getting him ready to be the guy who could go out there, get 10 carries for 40 yards, catch a nine-yard reception on a checkdown from Jared Goff where he gets really close to that first down marker. These are the things that you want out of him if he's going to be that second running back. That's going to be out. There. Oh, no doubt. It's kind of funny how we go into a week worrying about running backs, and then you come out of the week saying, I, you might have too many. <laughs> well, I don't think you can. When have Todd too many comes back, right. Well, but that's good. Yeah, it's very good. I mean, if you can shore up that position, and we, we saw what we wanted to see out of Jared Goff. Right. A more confident, a cold blooded assassin, the guy we were used to in October. You know, we saw that coupled with a run game. Right. And that, I think, is the biggest thing. When you have the run game going, you will allow Jared Goff to be be Jared Goff, because then he's going to have time and the protection is going to be better. No right? doubt. Because the yeah. run game is going and you can't just key in on different things. And I like when he scrambles, man, when he doesn't give the defense a breath. You know, at, at some point, they're going to have you all sewed up either by front and coverage. We're going to take away this route. We're going to take this away. We're only going to give you this. At some point, the quarterback's going to be standing back there with no one to throw to. And then what do you do with the football? Well, Jarrett, in a blink, will advance the ball down the field. It just takes all your energy away. Right. When you got it all sewed up and he's still moving the football. Well, and he did that. He had a five-yard rush. Um, and then he also had a read option touchdown, which yeah. I thought was funny because, A, all right, like, you get – did do fantasy people tweet you? Hell no, they know better. Ugh, I wish they knew better with me. Don't don't no, don't ask me anything about fantasy at all. I'm gonna digress here for a second because I got annoyed a little bit last Again? week. Again, I know <laughs> nothing. Can like we th- tell the story? You want to tell the story? Was this way back? This th- is in 16. 2016. We were in this little. It was like a cabana. Yeah, a, a, a kickoff event, yeah, right? A pregame. A seven ten ESPN kickoff. No, I don't know if it was seven ten. I think ESPN. it was. I think it was seven ten. I don't. I don't want to say. That. It was. It was. <laughs> it was, it was, it was our. It was a 710 event, and what were we doing? We were sitting there eating, talking about football. Yes, we were sitting there eating, talking about football, so the 10 a.m. Pacific games were already on TV. Yes. It was Patriots-Browns. We were enjoying barbecue. I remember this vividly. Go ahead. Me too. And so then somebody got hurt. I don't remember who, if it was It was a tight end for the Bears, I believe. No, it was Patriots-Browns we were watching. Oh, was it? Okay, go ahead. So it it was some tight end got hurt. And then this, the dude goes, oh, my God, I can't believe he got hurt. He's on my fantasy team. It's going to ruin me. You should have seen Miles' face. I was I was like. Miles, you went from zero to 60 in like a second. Because I think people sometimes think of these fantasy players as their own too much. Fair. I, I think the term fantasy owners should be banned. You hate that. I loathe it. <laughs> Loathe it. What else would you call? What's a better way to say it then? Team captain, something. I don't team know. Team captain. Okay. Pe- somebody. Like yeah. If you have the X person on your fantasy team, that's what I think it should be. Okay. I fair don't enough. Think, because I don't think it should be fantasy owners. It's it's gross. You ever, do you see like a couple years ago, ESPN I did. Two I remember. did an auction. Yes. And it looked like a slave. It auction. was tone deaf and it fell flat. It was awful. Yes. It was so terrible. That's why I have a problem with that. Yes. And Whoever so, came you know, up with that or greenlit that should be fired. Maybe I'm going to inside. No, you're not. I'm my, with you. My mentality of these things. But okay. Yeah. So I'm trying to bring this back to this week. So, he went from zero to a hundred. He let the guy have it. It was great. I mean, none of Miles and I have always been friends, but we went to a whole new level. None of that. Like I had to step in between the two. You know, I'm I'm being dead serious, and I'm with you. Look, I hate when people <laughs> they liken like players and guys have families and they get hurt and they're banged up. It's rough. It's it's not just fantasy. These guys are putting everything on the line every single snap. Exactly. Yeah, and it, it doesn't matter about your fantasy football team. Exactly, and that's the problem I yeah, have. Anyway, go ahead. So, yes, so that's from my job standpoint and, you know, getting yeah. to know these players as individuals and not just, you know, just names that appear on my television every week. That That's the sensitivity I have to it. But I also get a little bit sensitive, and maybe I shouldn't say sensitive, but I guess I am a little sensitive. But so this Protective, week, more over, like. the, over the course of the yeah. week— you don't know if Todd Gurley's going to play or not, right? Yes. So, so they sign C.J. Anderson. I go out, and when I'm at practice, the little bits of things that we can see, you you see C.J. Anderson, you know, taking different snaps, whatever. And I, knowing what I know about this team, I said, I think that C.J. Anderson will be the first running back up 
on Sunday, and I start getting all these barrages of tweets. John Kelly's gonna play. It's not gonna be CJ Anderson. <laughs> I'm talking. I'm saying like. Even the fantasy people, names you know, are quote tweeting my tweets and saying when Todd Gurley's not playing, like, you should pick up John Kelly, da 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 da. I'm like, I don't know, you should do that. Right. You ever seen that man with a cup gif where he's like, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's me. Right. Again, with these people. I got you. So I even get one person literally telling me, I like, I was like, I think it's going to be CJ Anderson's probably going to be first running back up. He goes, I just don't think you know what you're talking about. Oh my God. I, Oh. Wow. So well, there must CJ be a lot Anderson, on the line for these CJ people. CJ Anderson carried the ball 20 times for 167 yards, and that is my victory lap on Between the Horns. Well, you don't need a victory lap. You don't need <laughs> a know. victory lap. I, I get know, it. I don't. And that, I, look, look, I that's just, what the money is for. That's right. what I get paid to do. That's why I know these things, but I, I do know what I'm talking about. If he about. says it, I would. If Miles says it, I would trust that he's around the team more than anybody. I mean, all this missing is pads. If you ask me. For me? Yeah. And that would be funny. I would like, you know, do you have video of you playing football? Yes, I think so. There is videotape of you playing football. I want to see you play football, by the way. Hmm. You said you were an offensive guard, right? Interesting. This I got to see. What What happened? I I was an offensive guard. What were you looking at your phone for? How dare you look at your phone during Between the Horns? Somebody sent me a text and I thought it was I don't care. What are you, Adam Schefter now? No. You're looking at your phone during the show? It was somebody that I thought- How disrespectful. Somebody sent me something that I thought it might be important. What was it? Share it with the world. Go ahead. Share it with 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 us. Go ahead. No. I'm not. You would be Robin Williams with the best. Thank you, Julio. He said you'd be Robin Williams on the best of times. You've never seen the movie. I've never seen. You've the never movie. seen the movie. Well, never mind. Kidding me. I've never seen. The movie. He hasn't seen anything, Julio. I, yeah, I know. He hasn't seen a movie. Not one movie ever. Let's move on. No. And okay, go ahead. <laughs> All right, but so as we record this, Gurley is still considered day to day. Yeah. And so that's what we know. And, you know, I think it probably would behoove the Rams to rest Todd Gurley another week if there's any question about his health. If they're smart, they would. Now, Todd Gurley is going to be, he's the guy that wants to play. He wanted so? to play last week. I know. I, right. I, I, I know that. And when we were talking to him in his press conference last week, he was pretty adamant. Like, I want to be out there. He's telling, you know, Gary Klein of the L.A. Times, we got a game to win, brother. You know? Yeah. And if I can help this team win and we can get this first round by, I want to be able to do that. And I think that's still going to be his mentality. But at the same time, especially now that you know what you've got with C.J. Anderson, he can go out. He, to me, is the perfect replacement for Malcolm Brown because he does basically the exact same stuff that Malcolm Brown does in a comparable manner. You know that John Kelly can go out there and be trusted. Be a capable backup. Yes. Yes. I think the Rams may rest Todd Gurley again. I hope so. You know, if if I were running the team, I would give him, like, misinformation. Like, I, I'd tell him the wrong meeting times. I'd tell him we're meeting down at a hotel in downtown Los Angeles and lock him in the suite or something. I know, I'm ser- I know he wants to play. I really do. I mean, but I think the best thing for him and the football team is to rest. Probably. I mean, I think you've done enough, and I think the team is good enough to get through it without you. Yeah. And if you're worried about, you know, being the guy, hey, look, I want to be out there with my guys. I think your guys would say the same thing. Todd, rest. Right. We can handle this without you. Yes. We need you healthy for a stretch run. What's interesting is that, you know, when you're looking at at the way the Rams blocked up front. I was talking to Roger Saffold about this, and he was saying that, you know, Todd probably wanted to go, but we up front want to make sure that when he's right, he's right. And so that means it puts on the offensive line, okay, now that we've got C.J. Anderson in there, we've got to make sure that this running back can come in and read the lanes easily. And so that, in turn, will probably make Todd feel better about saying, okay, you know what, I, if I have to rest, then we're good. No doubt. And don't be jealous uh, that someone else is dancing with your dates. Great. CJ is here for a reason. He's here to spell you. He's here to take care of you so you can get healthy. Yeah. There is no competition. We know this. No. And I'm sure people, because there's nothing else to write about or talk about, you can make like a running back controversy. Because he had such a great game against Arizona. Look, what I saw up front against Arizona, I call it a Baskin-Robbins block. You know what I mean by that? I don't. Double scoop. That means the guard and the tackle got up to the second level. I mean, that's just bad defense is what I'm saying. Great blocking up front. So gaping holes up front. I think you can do the same thing this week 
versus the 49ers, as long as you handle Buckner. Yeah. He's the only problem you have defensively. Right. He's the only guy that can wreck your day. Right. And that's the thing. As long as they are shoring things up inside and you're not getting pressure up the A-gaps, you know, and they didn't really do much of they, they didn't really have much of that last week uh, against Arizona. I thought that C.J. Anderson did a really nice job of stepping in, and sometimes, you know, Jared Goff would move him really basically up to the line of scrimmage because it was clear what the Cardinals were doing. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Right? Yeah, yeah. He's like, CJ, just go there. Yeah. It's just, just block that, No please. more deception, and we're not going to have any more breakdowns and pass, cover, or yes. pass protection. Yes. Line up right here and right. block that guy. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. That's how you do it. Yeah. And it worked out very well. I mean, the only play it did not work out was on that first drive where um, he comes around the corner, C.J. Anderson runs into Rob Havenstein, and then boom, yeah. he sacks Jared. That's called a Nolan Ryan block. block. A Nolan Ryan block? No hitter. <laughs> <laughs> That yes. was funny. Yes. I like that. Thank you. Um, but what I think C.J. Anderson does is just he ma- he he he's like a security blanket. Yeah. And that's not necessarily what you think of with a running yeah. back, but he is that security No, blanket. I mean, look, he paces – a good running back paces the offense and it keeps the defense off balance and honest. Mm-hmm. You can't load up against the pass because they can run the ball at you. So as long as you can keep them honest and balanced, the offense can stay balanced. Right. And you have – to use a Sean McVay – Quote, you have a the full complement of the offense. You can run just about anything against them because they are balanced. Right, exactly. Uh, one thing that I – actually, two things that I thought were very interesting about this last game. The Rams used kind of some tendency breakers. So, you know, everybody talks about needing a balanced attack on offense. You want to be balanced. And balance is what makes play action work. And I disagree with that. But in this particular game, the Rams were so run heavy, with even without Todd Gurley, which – was I mean, you had control of the game, so that's part yeah. of it. But they ended up running 41 times for 269 yards, right? <laughs> so you, you really, you, you, take, December. you can take two kneel downs out of that from Sean Mannion, oh. and you get 39 carries oh. for 271 yards. Oh. So that would have been a season high for yeah, the Rams. Yeah, that is U-Haul, U-Haul worthy of a right. defense. So, but you were getting it from not just C.J. Anderson, not just John Kelly, but Brandon Cooks. Right, Robert Woods, Gerald Everett. You're getting these jet sweeps from all kinds of different people. And so the Rams hadn't necessarily used that as much going east and west against certain defenses in the last couple weeks. I think some of that is matchup based. But when you do get it, it makes defenses have more things to worry about. Absolutely. If you're getting pounded up the gut, I mean, it's going to make... Any edge guy, any outside linebacker, defensive end, outside linebacker, a guy that's standing there, it's going to make you collapse to the middle a little bit more and worry about it. The fastest way to lose is up the middle, right? Yes. So when you start controlling the middle, it opens up the edges. No surprise. You have a running back that's running that's ripping off eight yards per carry up the middle. Your edges are going to be a little bit shorter for end arounds. Yes. It's it's easier to run those plays. A little bit different in Chicago. Go back to that game to where they dominated the middle. There is no edge to get around. Hmm. The edge guys worry about the edges, so you can't run into rounds against that. Same thing with Philadelphia. A little bit different versus Arizona. You control the middle, it opens up the edge. Exactly. And so I think the Rams are probably going to do a little bit more of that this week, especially looking at that San Francisco defense and the game that they played against Chicago. It was interesting how Chicago was going east and west a little bit, and they were sort of able to move the ball down the field in that way. But the other thing that I thought was really interesting about uh, this last matchup with Arizona from the Rams offense was 12 personnel. Yeah. And so like I geek out over these personnel groupings, right? Yeah. So the Rams are almost exclusively 11 personnel all season. So 11 personnel, one running back, one tight end, three wide receivers. And, you know, in the perfect world, when the Rams were starting the year, that was Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods. So when they start using this 12 personnel, that's one running back, two tight ends. And so you're getting Gerald Everett more involved. You've got Tyler Higby on the field there at the same time. And then your two wideouts are Brandon and Cooks and Robert Woods. And the Rams just have not done that all year long. And I thought that they were able to run it and run it very effectively against the Arizona Cardinals. I thought those two tight ends showed up big. Definitely. Higby, too, in the passing game. I think he's been absolutely dynamic, you know, out of those even 11 or 12 personnel. 12 personnel was always the worst defense for me as a defensive defensive lineman. Why? Because it's completely balanced. 
Hmm. I don't know where the ball's going until the ball is snapped. Yeah. In 11, you kind of have an inkling of where it's going. There's a tight end. They probably run weak or run strong. It's easier to play against that in the run game. But versus 12, I mean, you are really flat-footed as a defensive lineman. One of the interesting things, too, about this offense and going into 12 is that it's something that they probably were planning on doing, at least at the start of the season. I remember Sean McVay talking about this a little bit, just in that Gerald Everett got hurt. So he was hurt. He had a shoulder injury during training camp and in OTAs and stuff. They had been practicing 12 and doing all kinds of things with the two tight ends. And Gerald Everett going into his second year, you got to remember, this is a second round draft pick. Mm -hmm. This is a guy that this organization really is counting on. He was their first pick. Yes. To be a centerpiece of this offense, I think, going forward. So he was going to be that, gets hurt in training camp, and then that sets him back a little bit. And that also makes the Rams decide, okay, we've got these three great wide receivers, we can just put them on the field all at the same time. Cooper Cup gets hurt, and I think that kind of changes things a little bit. You know, it's I'm not trying to denigrate Josh Reynolds at all because Josh Reynolds was still on the field for the majority of snaps in that game. He plays well. But when you have now this this 12 personnel and it can be more balanced, maybe you can protect a little bit better up front if you want to max protect and you want to send just two guys out on routes. Maybe you also run block a little bit better too because you've got bigger guys on the inside. And CJ Anderson's four-yard touchdown run. Gerald Everett's coming across and he's getting that peel block so that Anderson has that clean running lane. Absolutely. Look, big tight ends, athletic tight ends are a problem. I mean, especially in the past game, I think we can see that. But when you do run it, they are bigger guys. Mm -hmm. They can get position on defensive ends, outside linebackers, and at least cut those guys off. So they can become big problems. They are the broadsword of the offense right down the middle of the field. If you focus too much on stopping receivers, and the Rams have two good ones on the outside, if you focus too much attention on them, safety-wise, well, guess who's going to eat you up in the middle? Those tight ends. Right. And that's what's been happening. You show Cooks too much respect or too much attention. You try to cover up Robert Woods with two guys, you're going to leave yourself singled up with one of those tight ends and they're going to make you pay. Exactly. And that's what's been happening at least with Gerald Everett. And you know, you can go back to that Kansas City game where he goes down the field and makes the 40-yard catch and that's what wins the game for the Rams. But in this game, I thought it was just so fun to see that tight end jet sweep. Yeah. Who's running that? No I don't one. Know, yeah. Travis Kelsey's not even really running tight end jet sweeps. Not often. No. Um, he runs those little shuttle pass plays on the goal line. Yes. Yeah, but I mean, you don't really see a full-out jet sweep by a tight end. Right. Yeah, I mean, most of the time you, fun, you want those guys to run it because they can't run, but this guy can. He is. And he can turn north and south in a heartbeat. Well, well, you've said this before. Gerald Everett really is one of the best catch and carry guys that the Rams have. Yeah. Once he gets it and puts it away, that's a big dude. That's Christian Okoye coming at you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And not just run you over. He can jump over you. He's, you know, he's a dynamic guy, and I think we're we're just scratching the surface with him. I agree. Yeah, maybe he'll maybe he'll be the breakout guy in the postseason. If he is, then that's really good news. Yeah, I mean, you're controlling a lot if you're controlling it with your tight ends. Exactly. And so he becomes kind of the check down option, especially without Todd Gurley in there. And you know what? If he can sit in the zone, catch it, and get up the field, he's so dynamic with the shiftiness and the yeah. way that he moves. It's just it spells good news for I like Rams. everything about him except for his hair. Really? What's going on with the hair? It's orange, right? It's like it's, it's like, like blonde. It's it's not blonde. It's like a, it is a tint. It's like, like copper almost. I would call it. He, he's got copper hair. Yeah. He wants to be a redhead. Maybe. Okay. He and Higby didn't Higby have some? Higby like, did have the like Guy Fieri. Uh, yeah. Okay. Blonde. Maybe it's a tight end thing. I don't know. I did ask Higby about his hair. And what did he, he say? It was, he he. It wasn't that he lost a bet. It was almost that he won a bet. He won the bet. I think so. So this is him winning the bet. I I believe so. So what would have happened had he lost? I don't know. Bald? Maybe. Okay. And John Johnson, the safety, had blue hair at he one point. He had blue hair. He had green. What was with the blue? What was, what's going on the here? The green was about the earth, or his hair was a money tree. I think he was quoting a song when he told me. I don't know. Is he gone Kyrie Irving, the world is flat? No, 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 no. He's no. not? Okay. He hasn't gone no. completely overboard? No. Hey, man with the Boston College. Come on now. What does that mean? It's good school. He, is he grounded or is he nuts because no, he went to Boston he's College? He's grounded. Uh, the impression he I He has got... green hair, man. How can you say he's grounded? Because it's just the way John Johnson is. Okay, that's grounded. Okay. I, I think so. His hair is black now. It's back to normal. Yeah. Okay. He's he, plenty grounded. I don't care what color his hair is. He's playing great football. He is. Yeah. Uh, would you say he is the biggest Pro Bowl snub from the Rams? On roster? this team, uh, besides Robert Woods being a fifth alternate, 
Probably. Did Roger Saffold make any other? Roger is an alternate. I want to say he's either a first alternate or a second alternate. I can't remember off the top Blythe? of my head. I don't know that Blythe did. Okay, then yes, Gosh, I would I, I would say he's probably the biggest me. snub um, because he's been great, run and pass. I mean, he makes great plays against the run, great plays in the passing game. Um, maybe not enough wow plays to turn enough heads, you know, league-wide, but definitely among the NFC West and the teams that he's played, he should have gotten their vote. Mm-hmm. That's that's how well he's played this year. Yes, I totally agree. I, I think one of the best things about John Johnson is his versatility because he can come up and he can play in the box, and he's done that, and he's done it very well. Yeah. But then he can also drop back. In space. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the way the safeties are being used because, look, LaMarcus Joyner in high school was a linebacker. He takes great angles to the football. So when he's in the box, I mean, you actually have three linebackers in there. Right. You don't lose anything, either run to or away. The best thing, I think the dumbest thing any team does is when LaMarcus rolls down is to run away from him. (laughs) Really, now you're helping him. Because he can chase down. You might as well just run at him. Yeah. But even with that, you have to watch your P's and Q's because he will come up and hit you. Speaking of LaMarcus Joyner, he did leave last week's game with an ankle injury. When we talked to Sean McVay, uh, talked to Sean McVay earlier this week, he said LaMarcus is going to be day-to-day. So that's it's good news in a way. Yeah, yeah. At least it's not something that will keep him out long term. Right. And there's always Blake Countess if LaMarcus can't go or needs to rest. I mean, another guy that can play at a starter's level. I think that Blake Countess is very talented. Yeah. And and it's something that we haven't necessarily seen yet because he just hasn't had the opportunity. But I think if Blake Countess does get in there, you're going to see something. No doubt. Uh, Surprising thing uh, coming from Sunday. The one surprising thing was... Number one, seeing Pharaoh Cooper in another uniform. That was weird. That was weird. That was strange. And seeing JoJo Natson return kicks. Were you surprised by that? I was. I, I thought Blake Countess would be your guy. Huh. Yeah, I thought he. I like bigger guys as kickoff returners, but look, right. if you have a specialist like JoJo Natson, let him roll. I agree. Yeah. I, look, I, I think that part of it was that you already have Blake Countess doing what he's been doing on special teams, and he's doing it so well. He's one of those special teams aces yeah. that we've seen kind of come through here, especially with Bones Fossil, a special teams coordinator. And right now, in terms of the special teams aces, I'd say Bryce Hager's one of them. Blake Countess is one of them. I mean, in the past, you had guys like Cody Davis, Benny Cunningham, yeah. um, Darren Bates is another guy that comes to mind. You know, those lists go on and on. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was kind of interesting too that they decided to have Natson return those kids. No, and if you're going to be that one guy that only does one thing, you better do it well. Yes, I think Farrell Cooper just proved that. You know, I mean, look, if you're going to be a one-trick pony, it better be a great trick. Yeah, and we actually really haven't gotten a chance to talk about the fact that the Rams let go of Farrell Cooper. If you didn't, because um, it happened, yeah, it yeah. happened like an hour or two after, after we were done with our show. Last if you week. didn't need a roster spot because of Todd, I don't think it happens. I think Farrell Cooper is still your return guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you needed a roster spot, so. You find the guy that's only doing one thing, and that happened to be him. Yeah, and as when you have the forty six like that, you you need that spot, right? You, you know, absolutely, Especially because you were going to have Justin Davis up as well, so you needed that roster spot on your game day forty six, and so that's why it doesn't necessarily come from somebody, uh, come from somebody who was not on the who was on the fifty three, yeah, but who wasn't playing. No Does doubt, that make sense. Uh, when I came up as a rookie, as an undrafted rookie free agent, they told me the more you can do. Yep, and I. I told them I would hold for field goals if I had to. So, yeah, I can can be on punt. I can be on kickoff. I can be on anything. I can play defense. So the more useful you are, the the better chance you you have to staying around when you hit situations like this. Yes. Yeah, exactly. All right. So we've gone, I think, at least a half hour in this podcast. Are you timing us now? I have to time us, DeMarco. Stop timing us, man. 33 minutes. You're looking at your phone. You're looking at your watch. Do you know who we have not talked about? Let me guess. The record setter. Aaron Donald. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what more can we say about him? I don't know. I think Play it's... back any show. <laughs> Listen. Yeah. When the, when the guy sets records, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what you really have to just respect and appreciate. And look, I chased that record. Anybody that's put his hand down in the interior has chased Keith Millard, whether they want to admit it or not. And I swear, after the best season of my life, I thought that record was unreachable. 18 sacks from a defensive tackle spot is impossible until I saw Aaron Donald play football. And I keep telling people this. I remember, I think it was Booger McFarlane, uh, right before that Monday night game, right? Talked about about Aaron and said that 
the best way to stop him or to to control him is to run the ball at him. I'm like, uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I respect Booger. I mean, we we've we spilled the same blood in the same mud. I mean, we we played. We were we're contemporaries. I'm like, I don't know, dude. I mean, to be honest, he might be the best thing I've ever seen play that position. Yeah. And no one wants to believe it until you see it live. Now that he's sitting on 19 and a half sacks. I think you might want to believe it. He is that good. Oh, he's absolutely that. None good. of them have come easy. None no. of them have been gimme sacks. They've <laughs> all been earned. Listen, the one that might be might be a gimme sack was the last one that he had in this game against the Arizona Cardinals when, when he, he touched, touched Rosen. Down Rosen. It was still a beat. Oh, absolutely. He still not. won up front. The first sack was ridiculous. He ran right by the guy. I know. How in the hell does Aaron Donald get? A, how does he get? Scott free into the backfield in late December. You all should be fired. He's the first guy you talked about. He is. He's the first guy you talked about when when you drew the Rams this week, when they're your upcoming opponent. I'm sure 99 was the first guy they talked about. Yeah. How in the hell did he get in there so fast? They ran a game. Crazy. No, that was the second one. This that was, was the, the first. One? Oh, you're this right. This was you're the right. first. Right. Sa- oh, my God. Really? No, you might want to double him. All the time, people. And he still beats the double teams. Right. But he definitely ble- beats a single block. Uh, yes. Yeah, against Joe Bag of Donuts. Are you crazy? <laughs> Are you insane? <laughs> 19 and a half sacks, 24 tackles for loss, 38 quarterback hits. Ugh. Leads the league in sacks and quarterback Ridiculous hits. production, and it's Unreal. only getting better. Yeah. yeah. It's only getting better. Uh, and so I, I love doing this, too. But you rem- you got to remember, Aaron Donald won Defensive Player of the Year last year with 11 sacks, 15 tackles for loss, and 27 quarterback hits. Well, you can give it to him again. <laughs> you can give that to him again. And no look, stuff, Sherlock. <laughs> and I, I wonder where the hell he's going to finish in the MVP race. He may not win it, but where does he finish? Listen, I think so. A, I think it's possible that he gets four sacks this week. And yeah, Strahan more, more. W- why? I don't. I mean, they I haven't the, blocked him yet. I, okay, and especially this group. I, I know because San Francisco was the group that let him get four sacks earlier this year. Yeah. So yes, it is certainly possible that he gets that. And there were a couple of ch- more chances for Aaron Donald to get sacks in that San Francisco game. Tighter coverage, he probably has a half dozen. That's how close he is on every single pass play. Yeah. Now here's the thing. I remember Strahan going into that that last week versus Green Bay. Everyone on defense was Strahan was yeah. in on uh, was in on him getting the record. So imagine that. Hey, look, Aaron. You have zero responsibility this week. We'll cover you. Regardless of what call comes in off the bench, we will cover you. You go get it. So Aaron Donald playing pass on every single down. Yikes. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Every single down is a pass. Do you think they will scheme? I mean, not that they don't already, but like this will be a game where it's like, hey, we we want you to get this. Well, there's there's only so much you can do to stop a tackle. That's the problem with a guy that's so good from that spot. You can only send two at a time, and it's going to be a center guard, some sort of combination. If you send more than that, if you send the back up the gut to help, well, you're shortening yourself. You're you're leaving yourself open for blitzes. Yes, you can't do that and expect to have a healthy quarterback, you know, for four straight quarters. So there's only so much the Niners can do. Now this is him playing a discipline game where he's actually playing the run. Imagine just the guy that's going out trying to stat stuff. I'm just going out to play pass every single down. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, half dozen is not out of the realm of possibility. Well, listen, I think he was doing that in the in toward the end of last week's game where they started putting in the reserves, you know, for yeah. the Rams' defense, and he's still out there. I'm like – and I even asked him about this after the game. I was like, you're trying to get that record. Hell, right? yeah. Why not? And he's like – I'm just playing. He's like smiling. I'm like, bro, like I, I called him out. I was like, dude, you're smiling. I, I understand what it is here. Yeah. You don't want to say it. It's fine. He's got a lot of respect for the people he plays against. That's I, what I do love about him. Yes. And yeah. that's why he's look, the the work ethic from Aaron Donald is legendary. We, right. we know this. I mean, I can go back to 2015 talking to Mike Tomlin on a conference call when the Rams were playing Pittsburgh. Must have been week three back then. Right. No doubt. 
And so he says to us, you know, that Aaron Donald was at the workout facility that the Steelers and the University of Pittsburgh share. And he'd see his car there, you know, 6, 7 a.m., whatever it was, early in the morning when players are really off. You know, they're, they're doing whatever they need to do. Aaron Donald just finished his rookie year. This is early February, maybe even before the Super Bowl. And Mike Tomlin is still seeing Aaron Donald's car at that facility. That early. No surprise, man. I mean, look, we used to give Tom Brady, or we still give Tom Brady a lot of credit. We used to give Peyton Manning all the credit in the world for being that guy, for knowing everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can do that from any position. If you happen to be a defensive tackle that's that dominant, that also studies, you have seasons like this. You yeah. have runs like this that that don't that won't slow down. Exactly. This is just the beginning of this run. Yeah, exactly. Are you looking at Julio again? What? Both can- of you guys are looking at your watch, man. Instruction. There is no instruction on between the horns. There, there is when we have it. What do you want to do? What, 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 what am I missing? You're not missing anything. You got me talking about Aaron Donald. I'm all fired up, and you're looking at your watch again. What? Okay. First of all, like my watch is blowing up. I think people are sending me calendar invites. We're scheduling meetings and all kinds of things. Oh, okay. Second of all, we're gonna. T- I wanted trying to bring it to the next topic. Go ahead. You're just you're being very hostile right now. You keep looking at your watch. I'm sorry. I have That's a lot of things. That's disrespectful. It is not. It is disrespectful. I'm talking to you. I'm listening to you. You're not. I How can you multitask. listen and, and read at the same time? Because I'm a really good multitasker. Oh, stop it. Anyway, go ahead. All right. So if you look at this playoff picture, yes. the, the part of it is complete. And so because of that, we now know the Rams' opponents and the schedule for next season, at least in terms of where the Rams have to go. Oh, for next year. Yeah, yeah correct. Next okay. year. So, I thought you meant postseason. No, you mean next regular I mean, season. I mean next regular okay, season. Okay, go ahead. In yeah. terms of just the travel. like, And it's actually pretty wild. Like this year, I guess we got kind of lucky because, you know, you're playing the AFC West. You know, you're playing the NFC North. There's only so far that you have to go. What's next season look like? All right. You're playing the NFC South for your division. Okay. Division. So you're going to Atlanta, Atlanta. and Carolina. Right. Because those are the two that came to the Coliseum right. back in the first year in 16. God, this feels like the old NFC West. Right. Yeah. So then you've got the AFC North going to Pittsburgh, my hometown of Cleveland. Oh, fun. Yeah. That yeah. could be fun. Baker Mayfield. Nice. Ooh, boy. And then you also have Dallas next year because they won the NFC East. So wow. you know you'll do that. So then you also have your three division opponents. But then also you're going to be going internationally. London or Mexico, we'll find that out at some point. Then also Hawaii in the preseason. Wow. So this is just— Lots of travel. It's a lot of travel, but I just thought it was interesting because it's something that we now know about that. It cracks me up like bands, bands that hit it big, right? Mm -hmm. And then they're booked all over the world, and then they complain. (laughs) I'm tired of the travel. Wait a minute. This is what you dreamed about. (laughs) You know what I mean? This is the way it's supposed to be. Look, if you want to be great, if you want to be a transcendent team, you have to go to Pittsburgh and win. Oh, yeah. You do. You have to go there. You have to do it in front of their fans. That's a tough place to play, right? Yeah. You have to do it internationally. The Rams have done that, at least under the Sean McVay era. This this team has traveled very well under Sean McVay, aside from the two games after the bye, Yeah, I think. And this I, year. I like the fact that you have to go see Cam. Yeah. You have to go to his house and try to win there. I mean, look, this is what you want. And good teams travel. It doesn't matter. I mean, you, you're you not just good at home. You're good everywhere. And this team historically has been good on the road anyway. Yes. Yeah. So it, it does not matter where they play as long as they play their A game. Absolutely. All right. So aside from that, I, I do want to talk a little bit more about uh, the San Francisco 49ers because this is another game where you're playing a division rival. You're trying to go undefeated in the division. And we actually talked about this on uh, Rams All Access. But the, if in when you corrected me in the uh, George Kittle 32, not Kittles in Kittle the 30, sounds better in the 32 team era. <laughs> yes. Of the NFL. Yes. Uh, so realignment happened back in 02 when the Texans came into the league. Right. So since that time, there have been four teams that have gone perfect through the division in the NFC West. Seattle, 49ers. Arizona, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And, but though the three teams, three of the four teams that have done it have gone to the Super Bowl. Wow. Wow. So that, like, that's, that's the magic of, elixir, huh? Right. That's part of what's at stake this week. You can, you can go undefeated in the division for only the fifth time since realignment. That, that's doesn't pretty that put, cool. Doesn't that put more pressure on you? <laughs> you know? I don't know. I, I mean, who cares about pressure? I think they eat pressure for breakfast. But yeah, I mean, look, winning the division is job number one. It is. Yeah. It's job number one. And once 
any coach will tell you that. Your first goal is to win the division. If you can sweep the division, all the better. Uh, it just it sets them back and pu- and pushes you forward. So we'll see what that does in the postseason. But if you can somehow finish the NFC West off this Sunday, it, it just puts you that much farther ahead of everyone else in this division. Yes. Even Seattle, who has resurrected themselves and made themselves a playoff team, even though you swept them. Mm-hmm. But it still puts you that much further ahead. Yes. And also, it gives you a first-round bye. Yeah. Which you need, you know? I, I, which I you've just, earned. Yes. Yeah. That, too. Um, and it was funny. Todd Gurley, I think, said it last week. You know, we won, we should have gotten the first-round bye a couple weeks ago, but we messed it up. And he, like, because they could have wrapped it up if they had just beaten Chicago back, back a couple weeks ago, but they didn't, and then they lost to the Eagles. So now here's where you are, and you get this game. You do, you get the first round by. But I don't think San Francisco is going to be a pushover. I no, just don't. No, they have a lot of pride, and they have some weapons that can hurt you. George Kittle, singular. Yes. Yeah. I, I totally like when you say Kittles, it just reminds me of kibbles and bits. Gosh. So it's like, really? it's like is that isn't that dog food? That is dog food. Uh, yeah. Okay, fair enough. It's like the pot and the kittle. But I I got you. Okay, but he's a guy that can hurt you. Yes. Um he's a tight end that's gonna get his no matter what. Over twelve hundred receiving yards and four touchdowns, seventy eight catches or something like that. Over a fifteen yard average. He can hurt you. So I don't think there is necessarily a thing called stopping him. But if you're turning the ball over and giving them more opportunities, that just opens him up a little bit more. He can make your day tough. Well, the the thing about the Niners, though, they have, I believe, seven turnover takeaways from defense. Yeah. And that would be the fewest since, like, the merger. Yeah. I, they had a graphic on this Fox did during the game last week, and I was watching the television copy back. It's remarkable how much they have not taken the ball away. And uh, you got to keep them there. And they're giving the ball away on the other side. Yes. I mean, that's the reason they have the record they have, if you ask me. But, I mean, anybody can get right on game day. You know, all of a sudden, it's, it's the floodgates open, and every loose ball they get to. Or... If you're a little off target throwing the football, they get their hands on it. Yes. You know what I mean? So, I mean, yeah, that could change on game day. But if you keep them doing what they've done all season long, I I think you can run away with this one just like you did in Arizona. I think so, too. And, again, like, uh, what have we said that um, Dick Vermeule always used to say? Good teams keep losing teams losing. Keep losing teams losing. That's what you need to do this weekend. Because, look, the San Francisco 49ers beat the Seattle Seahawks a couple weeks ago. They gave the Bears all they could handle last week. And I think maybe if Matt Breida and Dante Pettis don't get hurt, the Niners might win this game, that game. They yeah. had a shot at the end. If Nick Mullins just runs, runs the, the ball. Yeah, on fourth down and four. What are you doing, son? Basically throwing it away. Oh, my oh. God. Oh, yeah, he threw it out of bounds, didn't it he? Just, I mean, it just, the, the, it wasn't even close. Yeah, yeah, that's one he wants to have. Maybe he should turn his headphones down. Oh, God. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> so, uh, that, that's a, that, you, you can't just you ha- tell You that tell the show. story. All right, thank you. I can't believe that's even true. So, we had our friend uh, Nick Wagner. DeMarco and I are in the ESPN LA studio because we just uh, did Rams all access. So we had Nick Wagner on the program with us. And what he was telling us is that Nick Mullins apparently used to go home and turn like just crowd noise up in his headphones all the way loud. And then he would yell out play calls to simulate crowd noise in his head. What is that? Yeah. I just feel like I've never heard of that. I haven't heard of that either, but I just feel like you're busting your eardrums. Right. You know? Right. I guess. I mean, Maybe he needs the work. Maybe it's working. I don't know. I just, I've, I've never heard of it's that just, before. It's a lunch pail guy kind of story, yeah, you know? Good luck for him. I mean, well, is, is it any different than Aaron Donald training with knives? You know what? You're taking it Maybe to the not. extreme, right? Maybe not. If it works for you, then so be it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, besides Pettis, who else scares you? Maybe somebody on defense. Oh, Buckner. Yeah. Buckner, 12 sacks. I mean, 12 sacks is like a great season, except you're in the same division as Aaron Donald. Yep. Yeah, he is a problem. He is a guy that can beat you. He's going to win on game day. Yeah. It's, almost, it's a certainty. That's how good he is. And one hit could change your whole playoff, your postseason uh, fortune. So you really have to make sure... You keep him in check. And the first time you saw him, you did. Right. He was non-existent. So I think there's a great game plan in place for him. But, you know, when you look at what he did versus Chicago, what he's done all season long, you know, anytime he's single block, just like Aaron Donald, he wins. Do you think that the Rams will approach this sort of like they did last week in terms of just control the ball, control the clock? 
You know, try Absolutely. to shorten the game a little bit. Yeah. That's how I felt they approached it last week. That's how you took away Aaron in Chicago. That's how you kind of take you took him away versus Philadelphia. If you run the football effectively, you keep the defense balanced. They just can't pin their ears back and go. So if you keep DeForest Buckner putting two hands on the guy that's over top, you stop him. Mm. If you have a situation to where he can just rip you or swim you or do whatever, he's going to win. That's yes. why he was drafted where he's drafted. Right. Uh, he's a big, strong guy that can just make plays. So as long as you keep him worried about the run, keep him worried about C.J. Anderson first, you can control him up up and down the line of scrimmage. Right. And so we will see if Todd Gurley plays in this game. I, I don't know. After what C.J. Anderson did last week, I, I almost tend to think no at this point in the week. Yeah. But you're still, you are still playing for something, right? And, you know, if Todd plays this week, he does get the next week off. Yeah. And then you go into um, whoever you would play in that second round of the playoffs with uh, another guy. But uh, by that same token, if you keep him on the shelf this week, that would give him literally, you know, three weeks, basically, to get himself right. Yeah. And become a little bit more fresh for that postseason run. I had a great conversation before the Arizona game with Charles Johnson, who was doing the game. And, oh, yeah. And Charles Davis. Charles Davis, excuse me. And Curtis Conway. They were walking. And we were discussing whether Todd was going to play or not. And Curtis Conway, a friend of mine from way back, competing from high school through college to pro, he, we both agreed warming up is a lot different than playing. Yeah, Because I can run in a straight line and feel good. But when you have to get out there and react, it's a little bit different. You know what I mean? So no matter how you feel during warm-ups, it's not going to be the same as when you're playing. For sure. Yeah. So if even if Todd feels good and you want to knock the rust off, so to speak, and just sneak him in for a few carries, even that could hurt him. Right. That that could set him back a little bit. So that's the last thing you want to do. I'd rather err on the side of caution with him. I think you would, too. Just seeing the results from last week. And it's not that I think that C.J. Anderson is going to go out there and rip off 150-plus again. Yeah. But I think that if you can just stay running the ball with him and he's still getting four or five yards carry, falling forward, delivering the blow, that's what you want out of that guy. And I think that can allow you to keep Todd Gurley on the bench for another week. As long as you're doing the job on defense, which I fully expect, yep. the Rams' defense against their offense, and you can get off the field and get the ball back to Jared Goff, I think you'll see more and more runs with C.J. Anderson. I yes. think you'll see more and more of that to control clock. It's it's almost, I mean, it'll be the same result. I mean, probably another 30-plus point game for the offense, but different, like you said. 38 rush attempts or 41 rush attempts. A little bit different than what we're used to seeing out of the Rams, but the same result. Yes, for sure. And you know what? I think the best thing would be to see Sean Mangan again in the fourth quarter and not because of an injury. You know what I mean? Yeah. Give him some run. Why yeah. not? Yeah. You know, I, I liked it when uh, Brian Allen got out there. Joseph Noteboom got out there. Yep. The entire offense was replaced with the exception of a few guys. Love seeing that. Mm-hmm. Let's get in that same position this weekend. Yeah, exactly. And so then Sean Mangan can take those two knees in victory formation. And then, hey, the Rams get by yeah. home playoff game and that divisional round weekend. That'll be really fun. So when somebody like tweets you or asks you, what is your favorite play in football? You say... <laughs> Victory formation kneel down. Yes. That is your favorite play in football. It is the favorite play in football. Yes. But I <laughs> might say tight end jet sweep is a very close second. Okay, fair enough. As long as Gerald Everett's running. Fair it. enough. <laughs> but everybody's favorite play is that. Kneel Absolutely. down and watch the clock go bye bye. No question. All right, everybody, thank you so much for tuning into this edition of Between the Horns for DeMarco Farr. I'm Miles Simmons. We will see you on Sunday from the Coliseum Rams pregame live about 40, 30 minutes before game time. I didn't look at my watch one time during this whole thing. Not once. Congrats. Congrats.